You are listening to Message Rewind from Discovery Church. We are in week five of our series, Rebuild. And uh, I think this is going to be the end of it. And then we're going to jump into leading us into Easter. Y'all ready for Easter? We're excited. Can I get a little less juice on this, Chris? Please. Um, We're excited about Easter. We're actually going to have two uh, identical worship experiences for you. One of them will have uh, kids in a kid's experience, and the other one will not. And so we will let you know more about those details as it, um, as it comes closer. So, um, so yeah, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 28, excuse me, Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19 through 20. While you're looking there, um, the, the, the message today is we're looking at um, two weeks ago, we, we looked at this passage with Elijah, um, Elijah coming out of, God calling Elijah out of the cave, out of this, this dark cave. And, and when he called Elijah out, he spoke to Elijah and he told Elijah two things. He said, go and anoint Jehu king. And then he also said, but go and appoint Elisha, your uh, predecessor. And so last week we talked about bringing heaven to earth. Uh, which is uh, the anoint Jehu king. And this week, we're looking at go and make Elisha your successor. And, and so this idea this morning is uh, if, if you just tune out, especially those on you online, if you switch to another page, um, the, the whole message this morning is this, let's go make disciples. That's all it is. So, um, so Matthew chapter 28 Verse 19 through 20, it says this, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. I love that. Jesus' last command to his disciples, go and make disciples to all nations. Hey, let's pray one more time, and then we'll jump into it. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this uh, opportunity that we have to come together and just to worship you, God, to, to gather together as, as, uh, as, a, as, as your body, the church, God, to, to just lean in, Father, as, as the church is your plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, all the way to plan Z, God, to reach this world. And so we thank you for that. God, I pray that today that we would leave here different, we would leave here changed, God, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said amen, amen. Amen. How many of you guys get overwhelmed when you have too many tasks happening at once? I So I never knew that that was a thing until recently. Uh, when, when I started to have to be a teacher to my parents, or to my kids, excuse me, uh, <laughs> we're like, what, where's he going with this? Um, when I had to be a teacher to my kids through distance learning, uh, I had all, all my kids, so uh, let me say this, two days a week, I am a stay-at-home father, and for everyone who's at a stay, who is a stay-at-home parent, like, we should pay you, like, it's, it's hard, it is... Uh, they say there's more blessing than, uh, than, than not, and so I just will just agree with that. But, um, but man, it's hard. So two days a week, I am like my kid's teacher, 
principal, supervisor, uh, like, I'm, like I'm all these things, and it would be okay if it was just one kid, but I have three. And so, uh, so when distance learning happened, um, we, we were, it, it started off great, because at first I was excited. At first I was like, this is going to be amazing. I get to mold my kids the way that I want them to be molded. I, I get to teach them the way that I feel like they need to be taught. And I was very excited at the very beginning, but, but soon that novelty ran off um, because soon like the, the workload became more and the problems became more, the, 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 the lessons became more. And so here I am, uh, like a couple months in, and all of a sudden my little girl's like, Daddy, I need help. I'm like, okay, no worries. And so I'm helping her. And then my son is like, Dad, I need help. And I'm like, one sec, one sec. I'm, I'm helping your sister. And then my little, my little son, who's three, uh, he, like, he's like, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. <laughs> and so, like, he wants me to turn on YouTube for him. And, and so, like, okay, I'm going to get there. And then I go help my son. And then all of a sudden, my daughter's like, hey, I need help, too. And then my son, my youngest, is still, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? Like, I, like, all these tasks. And all of a sudden, I find myself getting overwhelmed. And, like, my heart starts beating a little bit faster. I feel like my blood pressure's going up. Like, and I'm like, and this is happening week after week, day after day, month after month. And, like, and I, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I just want to run and hide in my closet and rock back and forth. You know, like, like it's, it's horrible. But I was thinking about this. I was thinking about how, how um, I started off excited, but then I r- quickly realized how unprepared I was. How I quickly realized how, like, I, I wasn't as prepared as I thought or I, that, I, that I may have needed to be. And the reason why I'm, I'm telling you this is, is because I feel like this had to be how the disciples felt when Jesus, in the verse that we just read, was like, hey, I'm leaving, but now it's your turn to go make disciples throughout all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Like, I wonder if at first the disciples were like, whoa, yeah, we can do this. Come on. And then eventually they're like, oh, wait a second. What are we doing? Wait, we only, only really had three years with him. Oh, my gosh. Like, I, I wonder if when Jesus was like, go and make disciples, I wonder if the disciples at first were excited and then all of a sudden they were just feeling overwhelmed. I wonder if at some point the disciples felt unqualified to do what Jesus had commanded them to do. And I wonder if any of us, when we hear this idea that we're called to go make disciples, I wonder if any of us are like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. But here's what's interesting. It's as if Jesus knew that, that the disciples or our, our mindset would go from excitement to feeling overwhelmed because we read in Acts chapter 1, uh, this, uh, the, the author of Acts says that, that Jesus said bef- that, that go and make disciples, but before you leave Jerusalem, I am going to send you a helper. 
So Jesus tells his disciples, before you go out to make disciples, wait here because I'm going to send someone for you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And so we know in Acts chapter 2, day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes upon the disciples and instantly something changes inside of them. And so I want us to look at that because this is not really a message necessarily about the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about like who he is and, and his, his different roles. But, but there's one thing specifically that I do want to talk about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and the reason is because in order for us to, to fully embrace this idea that we're called to make disciples, like we have to first realize that we cannot do it without the help of the Holy Spirit. Like, like we, can't, we, we can't go out and do what God has called us to do without first the Holy Spirit empowering us, without the Holy Spirit first uh, charging us to go. And one way that the Holy Spirit does this, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning, is through gifts of the Spirit, through spiritual gifts. See, he's given each and every one of his believers spiritual gifts. Something inside of you that, that, that relates, that connects with how he physically made you, right? So, so he, he, he's given you some spiritual gifts that, that relate and respond to the physical abilities that he's given you. And, and the whole point of these spiritual gifts, these gifts of the spirit, is to help demonstrate God in you. And, and so... so uh, the Holy Spirit, he, He's given us these gifts. When, when, when we become believers, all of a sudden there's these gifts inside of us that, that He has for us. And so that's what I want us to talk about today. I want us to look at spiritual gifts, gifts of the Spirit, but then I also want us to, to understand that, that He's given all of us spiritual gifts, but also we have the choice to decide what we want to do with those gifts. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in verse 4 through 7, the apostle Paul, uh, he, he writes about these gifts that we have. And, he, and there's uh, a couple things that I just want to pull from these verses. And so we'll look at it starting at verse 4. He writes this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. So um, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. But the same Spirit is the source of them all. This is good news because your gift may be different than my gift, which may be different from your gift, which is different from your gift. But here's the great part. They all come from the same source. It all comes from the same factory, everybody. And, and, and I think it's beneficial to understand that though our gifts are different, they all come from the same source. Is, is, and I think it's very important that we understand that because what is very easy, easily happens is we, we can get gift envy. Now, we probably wouldn't admit that in here. But, but, but there may be some times when you look at someone else's spiritual gift, like, oh, man, I wish I could pray like that person. I only have the gift of hospitality. Oh. Or, man, I wish that I can do worship. Oh. But all I have is the gift of prayer. And it's very easy to look at someone else's gift and become envious of that gift. 
to want to covet that gift. But Paul lets us know. He's like, there's different gifts, but it's from the same source. So there's no generic Holy Spirit. There's no generic gift, right? Like, they're all from the same source. And, and here's why I think it's important that we understand that, uh, that, that, um, that they're different. Is so we don't become envious because when we become envious, here's what we do, at least what I do. If I become envious of your gift, I start pretending like I have that gift in my life. And so all of a sudden, I pretend like I'm functioning in a gift that's not really my gift. And I'm holding up a position that someone else who is called in that gift can't function in because I'm standing in it. All because I want that gift. Because I want that. Like, I have to understand that my gift, though it's different, it's not cheap. It's not cheaper. It's the same gift. It's from the same source. Excuse me. This idea that it's from the same source. And, and so we have to understand that our gifts, they're different, but they're from the same source. And I love the fact that God, he, he's so creative because he gave me my natural ability and he, he linked my spiritual gift with it. Wouldn't that be something like if God was like, hey, you're one of your spiritual gifts, one of the gifts that, that, that the Holy Spirit has given to you to, like, to help demonstrate God in you is through worship, but like you can't sing a lick. Wouldn't that be horrible? No, but God, he like he takes our, our natural ability that he's given us and he sinks it with our spiritual gifts. So our, so our natural ability, it, it, it really puts on display what God wants to do through us. And I think that's amazing. And I think it, it helps so that I'm not trying to, to be like you or to be like you. And so spiritual gifts vary, but they're equal. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. So when I use my gifts, it looks different. I may serve in a different capacity, but at the end of the day, I'm serving Jesus. At the end of the day, when I'm serving you through my gifts, I'm not just serving you, but I'm serving Jesus. Which also could mean that, that while I'm serving you, I'm also bringing pleasure to Jesus. Like the, there's something about when I serve you in my gifts, that there's something uh, about it where, where it, Paul is writing like Jesus is in heaven, the right hand of the Father, smiling down like, wow. Look at them serve in their gifts. That's so amazing. And there's something about it that, that though we serve in different capacities, we're all at the same time serving Jesus with our gift. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. So spiritual gifts, watch this, they work, th or excuse me, spiritual gifts are a vehicle to demonstrate the spirit of God working in you. So, so spiritual gifts, as I alluded to earlier, is an opportunity. It's, it's a vehicle. So when I use my spiritual gift, which, which whether it's teaching or worship or, or wh whatever it is for you, like when you function in it, it's a vehicle from you to another person that's harnessing 
God through it. And so, so when, I'm, when I'm functioning in my gift, it is a vehicle to carry God's, God's uh, to demonstrate God's, God's love and his power through me to you. So that, that, that means that, that the gifts, when I function in my gifts, it's not about me. Right? Like it's not, it's not about to get applaud or to get people to recognize me. That's not what it's about. Like it, it's about me to demonstrate God's love and power through me to you. And, and so, uh, so God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And in verse 7, I love this, this is my favorite part. Verse 7, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. My God. A spiritual gift, spiritual gifts are to work through me, they're not for me. Spiritual gifts work through me, but they're not for me. Like God has given me the ability, has given you the ability to function in your gift, not for your own benefit, but for that person sitting next to you. For that coworker, for that family member. Like God has given you that those spiritual gifts for you, excuse me, to help for you to help someone else. And I was thinking about this last point, this idea of, of what Paul is saying in verse seven, where he said, A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. I, I was thinking about this, and it almost makes sense. Why, and we're going to read this story in Matthew chapter 25, why Jesus was so, um, w w was so, uh, what is the word, just almost, uh, almost aggressive to the point, that, that may have been the wrong word, but, but almost aggressive in the way that he tells this parable that we're about to read. Like this idea that my gift is to serve you. And my gift is to serve you and vice versa. So in, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus tells this parable that we're going to read. And uh, it's going to be on the screen, verse 14 through 18. It says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country, who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he went, who had received the five talents, went and traded them and made another five talents. Hello. Then likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. So before we break down this parable, let's understand parables. So Jesus, he taught in parables. And parables is amazing because Jesus, in these parables, he, he, he takes kingdom principles, kingdom ideas, and he uses earth, earthly um, ideas and earthly measures to help communicate kingdom principles. Did I, did I say that correctly? Yeah. Okay. So, so, so he, he, he uses these parables to help communicate kingdom principles. Okay? And so what we know in every parable that Jesus gives, we know that there's three things that we need to look forward, look out to. The first one is this. Who is God in the parable? 
Who are we in the parable? And what is Jesus trying to get across in this parable? Okay? So the first thing, who is God in the parable? God is the master in this parable. So God is the one that was like, hey, I'm giving each of you guys talents, and then he goes off, okay? Who are we? We're the servants. We're the ones that we're receiving. And what is Jesus trying to get across in this parable? What am I doing with what God has entrusted me with? What am I doing with God with what God has entrusted me with? And so, so the first one, I want to give you three principles, and then we're done. Three principles from this parable that I think um, is, is, is important for us to, to, to understand. And the first one is this, is that we will be held accountable for everything God has entrusted us with. My God, John, why are you going so hard this morning? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, we will be held accountable for everything God has entrusted us with. So here is, here is the, 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 the owner, the master, and he's about to go on a trip. But before he goes on the trip, he has three, three people that work for him. And he gives these three people different talents, right? Um, but, but they're all different, right? So, so for the first guy, he's like, here you go. Here's five talents. The second one, he's like, here's two talents. And then the last one, he's like, here's one talent. And, and he goes off. He's like, I'm entrusting you with this. And then he leaves. He's entrusting them with it. And so this idea that, that God is, is, he's given each of us abilities, talents, gifts. And he's holding us accountable to what we're going to do with them. And here's what's very interesting about this story. At least within the translations that I read, when he gives these, 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 these workers the different talents, he doesn't say, I'm going to come back to see what you did with them. He kind of just gives it to them. Like, so, the, so there's, no, like, there's no expectation that he's given these people that, 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 hey, I'm going to be looking at what you're doing with this. And so... It's very interesting if that's the case because then these guys, they went out, the first two, and they did what they thought they should have done with it, that they did something with it. And, and so, so the first guy, he goes and he, he invests his five that he was given, and it comes back in ten. He made, he made an interest. Come on, that's amazing, right? Then the person that he gave two, he gave uh, that, that, that person that had two, they invested it. He, he doubled it. He now had four. And then the last one, oh, this little booger, he took it, but he didn't invest it. He, like, buried it in the ground, put it away. And then the, mas the, 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 the master came back, and he asked him, he said, he said, what did you do with what I gave you? The first one was like, I doubled it. Here you go. The master was full of joy, and he was happy, and that's my kid, so we're going <laughs> to, I feel like I should have the right to call out any kid that, I'm kidding, we're going to take him out, security, take him out, do we have security in here? Yeah, we're just, we're, as you're leaving, so is the Holy Spirit, right, right. yeah, 
Awesome. Praise God. Well, let's see where we go from here, huh? Um, so where was I? Help me out. Five talents. So the last one buried it, right? So he comes back and he looks at, he, he looks, he asks the guys, the, 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 his workers, like, what did you do with it? What did you do with what I gave you? And, and so the, the five, he said, I got 10. The two, he said, I, I doubled it. I got four. The last one, I buried it. And what's interesting, and, and this is what I was trying to say, what's interesting is that for, for both the one that doubled the five and the one that doubled the two, Scripture says that, that the master found joy in them and, and, that, and that he called both of them faithful. He called both of them faithful. Like this, this idea that, that the master, like it, it didn't matter that that one had more than the other. That's not what impressed the master. What impressed the master was that they were faithful. They did something with what he was given. They were given. This, this idea, let's bring it to, 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 um, to, to us now. Like whatever God has given you, you may have more than me, you may have more than, than them, but God is not looking at that. God is looking at how faithful you are with what he's given you. So many times I hear people say, well, I just, you know, I would be more faithful if I had something better or if I had something more. And I'm like, you're missing the point. Like, he's not looking for the amount. He's looking for what you're going to do with what he's given you. God, like, like we're, we're, he, he's looking for us to be faithful. Here's the second thing that, that is important. That God is looking for you to be faithful in the small so that he can entrust you with a lot. God's looking for how you respond, how you react with the small so that he can entrust you with a lot. The, he actually says in verse 21, he says, you, because you were faithful over a few things, I will make you a ruler over many things. So, so what you have now, what I have now may seem very little. It may seem small. But God is looking at us and seeing how, do I, how am I stewarding what I have right now? See, I believe, let's make this practical. I believe that God has called, has placed discovery in this city, in this county, for a reason greater and bigger than what we see right now in the natural. But here's the deal. I have one of two ways to respond to that. Like, I could either, I can either just neglect everything now, or, excuse me, neglect what, what I see God doing in the future, and just kind of be bitter and like be upset, like, God, what are you doing now? Or I can be faithful now, faithful to serving now, faithful to shepherding now, faithful to preaching now, faithful to loving now, so God can see and be like, oh man, John, he's just, him and Vanessa are, they're just very faithful with what I've given them. I think I want to enlarge their territory. Come on, God wants to enlarge your territory, but we have to be great stewards of what he's given to us now. 
Like, how am I stewarding my small now? I want a better job. How are you stewarding the job you have now? I want to have a good relationship. How are you stewarding your relationships now? Like, whatever you're expecting God to do next, look at how you're handling it now. Like, what, how is my attitude now? Come on, because he's looking, because we're faithful in the small, he'll entrust us with more according to our, our abilities. So then the master, he gets to the last guy, and I want us to read read this, and this is Matthew chapter uh, 25, and this is verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So basically, he's like, I got, like, master, like, I just, I felt like no matter what I do, I just will never be able to mount to your standards, okay? And it says, verse 25, how many, by the way, how many of you guys have ever felt that way? Like, God, no matter what I do, I just, I feel like I can never mount, I can never be good enough. It's a dangerous place to be in. Very dangerous place to be in because it keeps you um, frozen from actually moving and, and stepping into what God has for you because, you're, because you feel like, God, like, I just can't do it. I'm just not enough. And, and so verse 25 says, And I was afraid, and I went and hid your talents in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. And here's what's interesting is that uh, he, he, he thought that it was a great idea for him to just to, to take out what he buried. And he's like, here it is. It almost reads, it almost reads, it almost reads that, that this person, uh, the third person, it, it almost reads like he was waiting, like he thought he was doing the right thing. Because he's like, here, I still have it. I still have what you gave me. Here you go. And if you keep reading, you'll quickly discover that the master was not impressed. In fact, the master was kind of irritated, to put it lightly. In fact, the master said, hey, give me that. Give me what you have. He took it and he gave it to the first two. In fact, he said, he said, actually, uh, you can go. <laughs> and so what, 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 is, what is Jesus trying to say in this parable? Here's number three. Fear can't be the reason to bury your gift. Fear can't be the reason to bury your gift. Fear of failure fear of insignificance it can't be the reason to bury your gift now to tie the two verses that we read 1 Corinthians and then Matthew I wonder if the reason why Jesus was so remember kingdom principle right the master was upset the master is God it's Jesus I wonder if the reason 
that the master was so upset that this person didn't use their gift and to use their and, and didn't use their talent. I wonder if the reason why he was so upset was because he knew that your gifts and your talents, remember we read this in 1 Corinthians, are to help others. And so I wonder if Jesus telling this parable, the master being so upset, I wonder if the master was so upset because he knew that there was someone in the vicinity of his audience that needed what that person had. Like, I wonder this morning if there is something that we need, that your neighbor needs, that ha- that's inside of you, that you're robbing them of because you don't want to use your gift, your talent, your abilities. John, that's so hard. I know, I know. I'm sorry, but guess what? I'm going to be held accountable. And, and, and so I wonder, what, like, what would the church look like if we were all functioning in our gifts? Like, what would the church look like if we were all functioning in our abilities? Like, what would the church look like if we were all functioning in our talents? Not ones that we wish we had or that we think we had, but the ones God literally wired us for. Like, what if there is someone outside of these four walls that needs what you have? Well, you're like, John, but what about me? What about my needs? What if there's someone in this room that has what you have, what you need? Come on, can we get to that place, church, where we're like, man, God, you've entrusted me with everything. You've entrusted me with my gifts, my talents, my abilities. God, I want to use what you've given me. Like, what would that look like? Come on, the city needs you. This county needs you. Like your neighbors need you. Your coworkers need you. They need you. They, they don't need you to bury what God has placed inside of you. They need you to dig it up, to dust it off. And say, I'm going to use it. I'm gonna, you know, and this is not in my notes, and then I'm going to pray because I just need to end, but... It is such like the enemy to get you to think that your gift and your talents and your abilities are insignificant. It's such like the enemy to, to make us think that oh they don't they don't I don't need they don't need my gift. They don't need my talent, they don't need my ability. But we know that the enemy is the father of all lies. And so this morning, as we go throughout our week, 
would you just ask God, God, like, am I bearing a gift, an ability? Am I bearing a talent that you can use to help someone else? And I promise you this. I promise you that God will not say, nope, you're good. Because <laughs> you may be functioning in something, but there may be even something more that you should be functioning in, in your role, at your workplace, in your home, at your church. Thank you for listening to Message Rewind. Come back every Monday night at 5 p.m. to hear the latest message from Discovery Church.